0: You know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. We like complex, hard things to try to tackle because I think we're pretty good at it.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another NZX Opening Bell podcast. My name's James Sharp. And I'm Ollie Logan. And today, we once again take the opportunity to connect you, our listeners, with New Zealand's capital markets. And with that in mind, it's a pleasure to welcome Gary Miles, Chief Executive of Gentrack, to the studio this morning. It's great to be here, James. Thanks. Gary joined Gentrack in October 2020 following an extensive international career in enterprise technology innovation and cloud capabilities, including serving on the leadership team of Amdocs, NASDAQ listed, a provider of cloud business software and services to the communications industry. He also founded and successfully scaled several technology companies. Gary, uh, you're over here from the UK. So um, first question I've got asked you is how is, it, how is it to be in New Zealand? It's amazing.
0: Really, I love this country. Um, I've only been twice, and each time people are super, uh, super friendly. It's, uh, it's dynamic. I was able to get on, out on the water this weekend. The sun was shining. The gannets were diving. The dolphins were out. It's, it's, it's pretty magical. It's great.
1: Uh, pretty, pretty different to um, I think UK is it, is it now minus six over there as a, as a fellow as a someone who lives there from, from there originally uh, I think it's pretty cold in December. Usually. I hope
0: it's not minus six in London because I, I I turned off my heater before I left town three weeks ago. <laughs> so oh. uh, anyway, yeah, it's cold. It's cold and dark. We're getting in that period, but uh, but London's you know such a vibrant place. If you don't, if you can't find good things to do in London, then
1: you're you're in a bit of trouble. I think. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So, so we'll, we'll then we'll start from the kind of the obvious. So, um, for the purposes and, and for the you know position of our listeners, would you be able to just summarise Gentrack? You know, and what what you guys do, um, what your kind of key value add is, your point of difference, and uh, yeah, take it from there, really.
0: Yeah. So. Um... We service the utilities industry and airports. I'm going to focus mostly on utilities today. Um, the utilities being energy and water retailers and uh, gen tailors, people that both generate and provide retail services. And we make the systems. You can think of our software as a great big robot that runs the operations. As a matter of fact, here in New Zealand, more than 50% of the homes um, and businesses get service from us. So half the readers are probably being touched by Gentrack. So if you get a bill, it's probably from one of our customers. Uh, if you call the call center, it's you know that there those are our systems. We take all the smart smart meter readings and calculate charges and and more and more increasingly we're moving into helping the industry move to sustainable green solutions. Uh that I think quite frankly that the customers and businesses are are crying out for
1: so so that's interesting. So so from a from a again, from a perspective of as an energy customer, yeah. I guess I would 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 have made the assumption that the energy company is doing a lot of that tech, but actually it's you guys driving a lot of that sort of connecting um yeah. retailers with
0: Well so 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 we're a supplier to the to the big retailers, yep. or gin tailors here in New Zealand. And we you know we we're we're in the business of writing software that automates their operations. And the reality is is for the most part, it doesn't make sense for a gen tailor to write those systems themselves because we can write it and we support 50-plus companies all over the world so we can capitalize that software across that or amortize it across that customer base. So it's much more efficient. It keeps them more dynamic and abreast of new things.
1: And um, you mentioned uh, you know, your support of companies here in New Zealand. Um, you, but you're obviously a global business. Um, right. what, what are some of your other kind of key markets? So it's pretty interesting really uh, the, the utilities
0: industry unlike you know finance or telco hasn't on the IT side hasn't really reinvented itself in 20 30 years the systems are out of life they're leaking and creaking literally and so um, what what's happening now is the whole industry over the next 10 years the entire industry is going to need to get a new platform, an operating system for their business. And that's what we do. I mean, we're the operating system for their business. So you can think about it, 10,000 plus utilities around the world, are going to have to get a new system. Um, We currently do that in six countries today. And we just announced with our earnings um, this month, we just announced that we're going global. So we're at 15 million meter points and 50 customers and Uh, Six countries today and our next step is to go to 50 million meter points in 15
1: countries and that's kind of the first step for us It's a global global game And and what's that? So that's obviously a a, a, it sounds like a huge opportunity and a a step up. So what? um, What within the business would need to happen over time to be able to serve that many more kind of customers look?
0: first of all to me, it's because because in my old business we looked at the utility and, and and where I used to work we were the the leader of similar software we did billion customer care for the telco industry and we were a four billion dollar revenue business we managed about twenty five percent of the telcos world revenues I mean that's how big we were we looked at utilities and it seemed fairly static in the teens um, the 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 situation is now regulators. And customers are demanding change. And quite frankly, investors. Investors want to invest in clean energy companies and, and, and water companies that don't have 25% leakage, for example. So the the world, if you look at other industries, the, the fact that this industry is going to go through this, I don't think there's another vertical on the planet that's going to change this dynamically. It's pretty amazing at this scale. Yeah. So what we're looking at is how do we grow to this challenge? Because we know how to deliver systems. Our software is fundamentally, you know, it's, it's super capable. We just released our new technology stack, which is a modernization of our, our technology that we've been building for 35 years. We just modernized it. We released that in September. So what, what keeps me up at night is right now we have a lot of new business. How do I, how do I grow my talent pool to deliver that? Mm. But that's uh, that's I think that's the biggest challenge.
2: And in terms of the tech side of things is G G2 two or G two point, can you comment on where that's heading and sort of the next evolution yeah. of the company? So G Two is our composable cloud
0: native technology stack. We call it our trilogy stack because we've decided for this global expansion that we need strong partners. So we partner with Salesforce, which is the world's leading customer relationship management software and they sit and integrate onto our stack. We do the billing and metering and settlement and data ingestion, all really the heart of it. And then we run on AWS, which is the world's leading cloud platform. So you have the world's leading CRM, the most capable billing system, and the world's leading cloud technology. And that's our Trilogy stack, and that's what we wanna go migrate and upgrade the industry with.
2: And so in terms of a competitive landscape, where does that then position you relative to where, you know, your traditional competitors have been?
0: Yeah, so if you look at this space, there's there's a few products that were built in the late 90s and early 2000s. Like SAP is the big incumbent. They're the second largest software company in Europe. They make a customer relationship management system and a billing system. They bring them together to service utilities. And they're the 800-pound gorilla in this space. The issue is is, you know, they've used really expensive systems integrators to integrate it, a lot of customization. And those systems that are running today have kind of been surrounded by a sea of Excels, a lot of people trying to service them, much slower to innovate. And then when you look into the changing world, like, like in Australia, we have a, a really exciting project now where we're doing solar and battery bundles. So suddenly, a consumer that used to just get a bill, static bill every month, now is in control of their power. They have a battery in their home. They fill the battery when the sun's shining, and then when they need to access coal off the grid, they don't. They they deplete the battery. Yeah. So we're taking homes off the grid, doing new things. Um, anyway, that's that's the kind of um, that's the kind of programs that we're trying to roll out with our
2: customers. Interesting. And so, to zoom out a little bit and maybe uh, into your background a little, can you tell us a little about yourself? You're obviously here in New Zealand, but based in London and from yeah. the US, so um, a little bit about your background in and, and, and the tech sector and just general. So, Ali, um,
0: I'm from Texas you know, originally, um, was fortunate enough to go to Manhattan as a young man after university, which uh, was, was, was pretty good and interesting. And then I moved to Moscow in the mid '90s. I was there for about eight years, which was really a once in a century type of transformation. I mean, it was I was really fortunate. Uh, met some amazing people and had some pretty uh, wild experiences, which are probably not the podcast, you know, stories of fantastic. Uh, but but it was it, but it was it was really really interesting. Um, anyway, and then sold a business that we built there. Um, it was probably the most successful software company in Russia at the time. We, we exported our product to about 30 countries, sold that to a UK business, and I've been in the UK ever since. So, yeah.
2: And so across that time, what have you seen in terms of the change in the tech sector has obviously accelerated significantly, but what are the, some of the key themes that come across for you? Yeah, looked. I mean, I hate to age myself, uh, but but it is
0: interesting. I mean, the cloud is, you know, there were a lot of kind of hypey trends in technology over the last 30, 40 years. The cloud is obviously a very real one, and um, and what you can do in the cloud with dynamic delivery and continuous integration, continuous development, modern tools and technology to write mission critical software, and then and then you have the whole cyber influence that's coming in that's trying to attack, quite frankly, utilities and things. So you have to have your guard up for this. Um, and then in the energy side, I mean, I was with the. With one of our customers in Australia, and they're, you know they've got the battery of the nation, which is quite—it's a—it's a lake. I mean, mm. the technology that they're using to move towards sustainable energy with battery and solar and hydro is just mind-blowing. The investments are significant, but the return also looks interesting. So, it's a pretty exciting place to be if you're in in technology.
1: It does sound like an yeah, amazing opportunity and, and I guess one that just really touches everyone, sort of day to day in terms of energy use and, and their kind of how they manage their energy at home and, and obviously businesses, businesses as well. And um, you mentioned before about kind of challenges for the sector from a uh, kind of a employment and a number of people perspective. Yeah. Uh, how pr- profound are those challenges and, and how do you think about uh, adre- overcoming them over time? Look, we we have a hundred plus pro- program
0: right now. We're about a six hundred person company, and uh, which is good because it's small enough that we can be agile, but but it's large enough that we have some muscle. And Ali, I reckon I realized I didn't really answer your question. So we're, we're mostly in Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Those are our big markets. We also are in Singapore, and Papua New Guinea, and Fiji, and Ireland, and others. Um, but, but but look, I I think the challenge is different in each operating theater. I mean. You know, we, we had a very hyper market, hi, hypey market even three months ago with people pressures um, because, you know, inflation was running and running. Now the talk of of, of more of a recession, uh, we're saying that that holding on to people, and we have good attrition, uh, retention rates anyway, but still it's always a concern in the tech sector. That holding on to good talent is, 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 is better now and finding good talent is better in recession kind of. Leading areas in New Zealand, we'd like to see the government uh, open up a little bit and let more IT professionals in. Um, I think it's holding the industry back. New Zealand is a, uh, a great exporter of fantastic technologies, so is one of the companies is trying to do this for the New Zealand economy. We we and our customers would benefit from that. Um, but you know, it's there's always a fight for top talent. That's that's just <laughs> that's the way it is. So you just need to make your you know, you need to make the purpose interesting and the company interesting and, and, and the culture good. Yeah.
2: Um, maybe for the listeners here in New Zealand, it might be interesting to get a perspective of what you're seeing in the UK as well. There's obviously been a lot going on across Europe and right. especially particularly in the UK with um, government changes and yeah. what's happening across central it banks. We do notice that. We do notice that. <laughs> so, yeah, is there anything you're seeing on the ground there that would be of interest to, to listeners here in New Zealand?
0: Look... The, the UK market is one of the most dynamic energy markets in the world because most of the suppliers there don't generate energy, they're just retailers, which means they have pretty thin margins. So you have to as a supplier like us, you have to really be efficient and you have to automate everything. For them, you need to automate their operations. You need a very, very good operating metrics. So it's a place where we, I think, and all of our, a lot of our competitors are there. So it's a battleground. So we, I, I like to think that we we sharpen our blade there, actually, and uh, and the world looks to the UK to see how to how to do transformations and things. Australia and New Zealand, the world looks to it for, for different reasons. The sustainability edge. Australia is the wild west as far as you know energy and intermittency and the grid, private pricing agreements, and it's just it's a it's a it's just a source of dynamic innovation. So those two markets, one really innovative and the other hyper competitive that the world's looking. If you can succeed in those markets, then we think you, this is you know, a good foundation to succeed worldwide. So I, I think they're both, you know, they're, they're both doing great stuff. Now, the regulator, you know, it's tricky for us to, to be too vocal about it, but you know, the regulator uh, put in a price cap for consumers that they had once a year in the U.K., and then wholesale energy prices went up eight times, and a lot of those um, private companies decided they didn't want to pay to heat 27 million homes in the U.K., and they exited the business. But the business is now being—the the current regime's in there and subsidizing it and, uh, and and kind of helping us weather this Ukrainian kind of inflicted—it's not just Ukraine, but the storm of wholesale prices.
1: So. I guess that's the perpetual kind of challenge for energy markets. It is, it is inherently macro by nature It is inherently political politicized. And so I guess if, if there's challenges now, I guess there will always be potentially something to kind of think about yeah. in the sector. Would you say would that be accurate?
0: Yeah. It makes it interesting. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. We, we like, uh, we like complex, hard things to try to tackle because I think we're pretty good at it. Um, but I do think that regulation needs to be careful. Um, it can get in the way. Um, it has a, it has a role, 100. Um, percent And particularly with the targets, I think they need to be very, very kind of strict about the targets and not let it slip because it's a little bit like saying you're going to get a membership at the gym and you know you just keep putting off going. Uh, we, we've got to be the industry needs to be careful about that.
1: So, um, just thinking about your. Uh, result last week um obviously there was a really good response in the market i'll be interested to see uh, hear about your thoughts about how you think gentrack is perceived um and if there's anything that needs to be kind of um developed in terms of people's understanding of the business and what opportunities uh, exist going into the future first of all we grew
0: about 20 percent this last year uh we put forecasts to grow and um you know, mid-teens over the next foreseeable future. Um, it could be higher, you know, but but we're comfortable pushing that out. Um, the the reason we're able to do that is because the really the leading analyst worldwide for the utilities came out and said that twenty percent of the utilities worldwide are going to need to buy a new billing system like we make by twenty twenty six. So, you know, and when the first 2 years I was in the business, we were getting a lot of the fundamentals right in our core markets. And we've done that. And I was cautious about all of our numbers and we overachieved them all. And now I'm going out also cautious but confident saying, guys, now it's it's a growth phase. Let's uh let's run at it uh, hard. So, that's exciting.
1: That's really good to hear. I mean, obviously um Know, we're the ends of X like to see our you know businesses do well, and especially obviously tech and tech and going into the future. So yeah, all the best with what, what's ahead of you. Um, to close, um, we are going to just go a bit more light-hearted. We do have some quick-fire okay. questions. What's your number one technology you can't live without?
0: You know, I'm a huge YouTube fan. fan. I mean, it's the it's it's a great educator. Hmm. The, the, the Reservoir of Music is just phenomenal, and uh, if you're a continuous learner, it's supposed to be. And I'm not a good good with user manuals, so
2: it's the an alternative. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been doing quite a bit of travel, obviously, to get over here, so any podcasts or books that are your go-to?
0: You know, right now I'm rereading Master Margarita from Bulgakov, which is a masterpiece. But um, to the listeners, I would say that my favorite mm-hmm. book, uh, is hands down Joseph Heller's Catch Twenty Two.
1: You got a favorite favorite quote? I would say that
0: that if you want something to be beautiful, you just have to think that it is nice. It just changes your whole perspective on life. Actually,
2: oh, nice. I like that one. So while you're in New Zealand, have you got a favorite place to visit?
0: So um, I've got a colleague that's an avid skier and biker, and he can't quit going on about Wanaka uh if i'm pronouncing it right so i hope to get down there really soon and uh get in get in front of him on the bike
1: (laughs) it's a good place to be bike blender i think it's the place to go down there Uh, and then just to close um if you had one piece of advice to someone looking to join the tech industry um and challenge the status quo what would what would that advice be
0: look first of all i'd say just do it i think if you look at what's happening on the world with value creation and Really changing things is happening in technology. It's just a super cool place to be, and um, you know, follow your passion. I mean, that's just it. If you're if you're a creative person, just get in and start making stuff because um, you can do it much quicker, and than you used to. So um, f- dive in and and, and give it your, give it your all.
1: That's it. Nice.
2: All right, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks very much for your time, yep. Gary. It's got a lot out of it and um, really appreciate you making the time to come in and talk to us.
0: Ali James, thanks. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, it's great to be here. Cheers. All
2: right. And if anyone wants to find out more about Gentrack, uh, you can find them online at gentrack.com and also under the ticker GTK on NZX.
1: The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute or reproduce the content or use it to create other works.